Hello my friends, it's good to see you again. It's great to be back uh, talking about living a no excuses lifestyle because to be honest with you, living a no excuses lifestyle involves multiple different facets and one of them is uh, savagely confronting your reality, confronting your truth about what's going on in your life. The only way to move forward uh, in a sustainable way is to confront your reality because to chase your future or uh, be out there chasing your dreams without uh, confronting your reality, you could in fact be living a lie and never ever get to what you truly want to chase down. So today we're going to be talking about facing reality. We're going to be wrapping up with a couple of tips of uh, some solid things that you can do to confront your reality and start moving forward in a positive way. Absolutely, because I think if you do not want to move forward, if you're happy with the status quo, there's really no big reason to confront your reality. You can just coast through life and wind up where you wind up. So this talk is for people who really want to move forward, who want to make change in their life, who know there's something better out there, who know there's something bigger waiting for them. And in order to get to that destination, you have to know the point from which you're starting. And so we like to call it, uh, you know, embracing the savage truth. <laughs> That's what we're going to call this. Embrace the savage truth. So let's get rolling right into this. So um, I think that it's, it's important because, like I had said, if you don't really have a goal, you can start from wherever. But if you want to get somewhere, if you have a destination, you need to know the point that you're coming from and where you're getting started from. It's, it's much the same as if you were taking a road trip. You need to know where point A is in order to get to point B. And so I think the challenge that people have sometimes with doing that, because it is difficult sometimes to take a look at your reality and realize that you are where you are because of the decisions that you have made. And so there's some ownership that you have to take with, with where you currently are. And that can be uncomfortable for some people. And I think that it's just, um, it's almost an ego thing to admit that you aren't exactly where you wanted to be or you aren't exactly where you thought you were. Um, and it's, it's hard on the head sometimes to do that, to accept that I'm not really as good as I thought I was in this particular area. So it's ego, but you have to get past the ego in order to move towards excellence. Yeah, replacing ego with excellence and ego at points can be good. I think uh, excellence totally outweighs the ego for sure. I think having the ego, a big ego, uh, can hide from the truth. And, you know, there's multiple reasons why people don't uh, savagely embrace the truth. And one of those reasons is embarrassment uh, in front of their friends, in front of their associates business partners, clients, and, and so it's, it's quite easy to live a lie and um, live this reality in other people's lives, but not really uh, your reality. So an example would be if, uh, like let's say you're living at a level, a financial level uh, of a multi-million dollar status, and you know for one reason or the other, things go sideways on you and all of a sudden now you find your cash flow has been massively depleted. So instead of making thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars uh, a month, now you're down to, let's just say on the extreme side, 
a few hundred dollars a month, you know, maybe a thousand dollars a month. So, you know, let's say at the, at the high level, you were driving a nice car, living in a big house, putting on great parties, all these different things. And now with uh, the depletion of the cash flow, you try to continue living uh, this same reality to avoid embarrassment, to avoid, um, you know, savagely embracing the truth because it, it'll create embarrassment for you. And so by not confronting that truth, we live this lie. And by default, we continue this massively uh, quick slide into destruction because we don't have that cash flow instead of letting our ego aside and instead confronting reality, confronting the truth, and now embracing excellence. And so it can be embarrassing to you know, face that truth and move towards excellence. And moving towards excellence is just facing that truth, figuring out a plan, and closing that gap or implementing the plan to go from where you're at, point A, to getting where you want to be, point B. And it's just filled with excellence and letting go ego. And sometimes, yeah, it's starting from scratch. You know, it's funny because I think you can, people can live a lie for a while, for quite a while, but then eventually the lie catches up with them. And that's when you start to see this very quick decline into not just a life of mediocrity, but a life of disaster. And so whether it's a lie about your finances or a lie about your marriage or a lie about your health or a lie about any of that stuff, anytime you keep up facades because you're embarrassed by what people might think if they knew the truth, then that will eventually catch up with you. It's just not sustainable. That's right. Like at some point, you're talking about health, you know, just go search on Facebook and see how many people are in their 40s and 50s and all of a sudden, they're losing 28 pounds here, 30 pounds there. And it's not necessarily because they woke up one morning and said, oh, I think that I'm just going to lose weight today. It just That's just the right thing to do. Now, maybe that is the case. But a lot of times, what you're, you'll see is there's been a health crisis, a health scare. And people have realized that, oh my goodness, I need to let the, the, the fakeness of Hey, I, I'm good with eating burgers. It's just part of how my body's made up. I'm good with big shoulders and all these different things. It's, it's, it's a big lie. And so all of a sudden, that lie comes crashing down when they go visit their doctor or they end up on a gurney, head into the hospital because they've you know had this facade for so long. Not necessarily to everybody else, but just to themselves. And crisis, when, you know, when crisis meets them, they, uh, they have that opportunity to change. Oh no. Yeah. So those small things, if they're left unchecked, will always become big things. Yeah. Right. And so I think one of the other reasons that people don't confront reality is that um, the pain isn't great enough yet. So the longer you sit on the thumbtack, it's irritating. The longer you sit there, the irritation grows and eventually it hurts and you get off of the thumbtack. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> so I, I think that people don't confront reality until they're ready to change and they're not ready to change until the pain of their current situation becomes unbearable. So if you think about finances, for instance, people may not be willing to look at their financial picture until the bills can't get paid, the debt collectors are calling, you have to tell your friend, no, I can't go out for that coffee today because I just don't have the money. 
And so those things start to become painful. And when they're painful enough, people start to look at their reality and realize I have to make a change here. And so it's always better to make the change earlier so you can avoid the pain. But we are humans and human nature, I think many times is to just bear the pain for as long as you can. And then when it becomes unbearable, that's when you make the change. And I think those are the main reasons why people yeah. are reluctant to change. Stephen Covey always, you know, I think you can always rely on Stephen Covey fitting in somewhere with all this success, mm -hmm. personal development type stuff. And when you're talking, I'm thinking about just be proactive, but it's, it's just not as easy as it sounds. I think it's simple, but being proactive is hard. And then he's, uh, he also says, begin with the end of mind. Well, the goal isn't to be unhealthy and end up in the hospital. It's begin with the end of mind. And if we sat down and wrote down on a piece of paper, some of the, the goals and visions that we envision for ourselves and our family, it usually wouldn't involve uh, you know, very negative statements and be positive future focus statements. And so it's being able to have those and beginning with that end of mind and being proactive enough and disciplined enough to be able to follow through, chasing excellence and, and pushing through to, to get all that stuff. It's like the dog you were talking about lying on that nail and the old dog, dog lying on the porch story where the old man is rocking in his rocking chair, the dog is lying on, the, on this nail, but no one can see the nail. The dog's whimpering, the little boy walks past and he asks the old man, he says, why is your dog whimpering? And uh, the old man replies, oh, he's, he's lying on the nail. And the little boy says, well, why doesn't he just get off the nail? And the old man replies, it's not hurting enough. Exactly. <laughs> so don't be the old dog laying on the nails. Don't be the old dog on the porch lying on the nail. Absolutely. So when someone's looking to make a change in their current reality, let's look at some of the specifics that they can dig into and, and how do you actually start to do that? Because it can be slightly overwhelming if you've never sat down and taken stock of your life. Um, it can be a little bit scary. scary. It can be overwhelming. Where do you even really start? So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it is you hit the nail out of the porch right there. <laughs> it is. A, it's scary. And... Um, I think for a number of reasons. Number one, you know, it's confronting that truth again. It's to stop lying to ourselves. And then do we have the solution? Do we have the courage to push through? If we have a partner, you know, maybe one person does one thing and, and uh, or you do one thing and, and he or she has no idea what you're doing and you've totally messed it up and now you're afraid and embarrassed about, you know, these things. And a huge reason why it's massively scary. And then like, what are the solutions to, to solving these problems? Do you got to seek outside help? Is it going to cost you uh, more financially to, to solve the problems? Uh, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's, you have to invest. It's like personal development. It literally is like everything. If you do not invest in yourself, in your life, in your future, eventually payday is coming and you may not have money in the bank, uh, or money in the tank, I should say, to be able to pay for the stuff you should have paid for many, many, many years ago. And it's, it's, it crosses many borders into your health, your marriages, into your finances, into everything, is you have to pay now. And you don't, but the, the neat thing about it all is that you don't have to pay it all at once. <clears throat> if you're proactive, uh, for sure, 
But if you're not proactive, you do got to pay it all at once. And that is when it becomes massively painful uh, on a lot of different levels. That's right. So while it can be overwhelming and there's a lot to think about, there are some pretty simple ways that you can get a start on it anyway. And so one of the things that I like to recommend to our clients is take a look at the different areas of your life. It could be uh, health and fitness. It can be um, spirituality. It could be relationships, finances, uh, friendships career, any of the big things that are in your life, and just simply rank them on a scale of one to 10, one being completely unsatisfied, 10 being it could not be any better if I tried, 10 is really not realistic, but so somewhere between one and 10, rank yourself as to your level of satisfaction, um, your level of happiness, your level of um, accomplishment in those particular areas. And so, you know, you might wind up at a seven or eight if you're super happy with something. If something's really off the rails, you might wind up at a two or a three. And so that's where you can really start to dig in and see why did you rank it a two or a three? Or why did you rank it a six when you know it should be a nine? So that gives you an indication of where you might want to get started. And then you can ask yourself some questions about why are you there? So what have you done or what's the situation? <clears throat> that has led you to rank it a two. Yeah, you have to face down that reality. And again, using multiple examples across the board, if you're on the team of a basketball team, a baseball team, a soccer team, or you're in a marriage, or you're part of a school board, or part of a company CEO, or you're part of a C-suite team, and there are rumblings that you're going to be kicked off that team, uh, you have to face down that reality and not be afraid. And so, you know, Catherine's suggesting, you know, mark it up from a one is really bad, 10 is you're super awesome. Um, but here's the thing, when you think about the word brutal, honesty, confronting, truth, facing it down, you literally have to do that. And if you aren't confident enough or self-aware enough or courageous enough or gutsy enough to do it, you might have to, you know, maybe uh, enlist the help of someone that you love that is that loves you enough to be honest with you on any kind of uh, sort of thing, whether it's you're the CEO or whether you're the parent or whatever it may be. Find someone that would be honest enough with you. Maybe you need to reach out to a high performance coach and they can help interrogate your reality for sure so that you can get a better idea for where you're at. But the truth is, you have to figure out how am I going to honestly rank myself from a 1 to a 10 and from there be able to implement a strategy to increase my game. Because really, if you're not bringing your game, why would anyone want you on the team? Because if you're on the team and you're not bringing your game every day, you're creating dysfunction. Right. And so when you get your, yourself ranked in those different areas, some of the questions that you can ask yourself... Um, we've got a whole bunch of them, but here are a few. So let's say I've ranked myself a three on my marriage. That's pretty low when you're, when it's your marriage, it's a pretty key thing. And so I would look at, okay, why did I rank myself a three? And then you really have to get, uh, honest. It's tough to do this, but you have to ask questions like, what do I do on a daily basis that supports my husband? Do I speak his love language? Am I respectful? Am I a team player? Do I um, 
Do I do things for him? Do I pay attention to his needs? Do I consult him? Do I ask him what's important to him and then listen to the answer? So you ask those questions. What activities am I doing that maybe are giving me a reason to avoid spending time with my husband? What am I doing that's taking away from him? What am I doing that's adding to that relationship? Because there are, are always good things, so you don't want to ignore the good things. You want to identify them and then leverage them. But you also want to really take a look at the, the where you've fallen down in this particular area and, and then look at strategies for how you can start to build those things back up. And like Phil says, maybe it takes someone else um, to help you with those. Maybe you go out on a limb and if for me, I would ask Phil, where am I not meeting your needs? How can I do better? What are the good things that I'm doing and how can we improve upon those? And so those are some of the questions you can ask. What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Um, if I were to think about my ideal marriage, what does it look like? And then where are the gaps? And then how do I bring myself to meet that ideal picture a little bit more quickly? Yeah, I think those are some great thoughts. And so the last thing that we want to leave you with all today is uh, a takeaway from this talk. And that would be to uh, do exactly what Catherine was suggesting is write out a list of uh, four or five different things that are very important to you. We would suggest your relationships, your financing, your time, and your health. Rank yourself. Where are you currently at with your perspective? And then if you need to, to, to check that perspective, then find the person that uh, knows you the best, that would be courageous enough to uh, offer you the truth. And then from that point is now seeking strategy and tactic and a way to be proactive to um, switch that number around and move it up the scale towards a 10. And I just wanna tell you guys something. This is possible. Anyone can raise their performance level from a zero to a 10. It always comes down to, you know, what is your attitude about improving your life, improving the life of those around you because you have a better attitude, because you perform better and um, you are in total control. We believe in you. You have an awesome day, an awesome evening, wherever you are in the world. And uh, we'll be back chatting with you again very soon. See you next time. Have a no excuses day.